checking out Real Talk Personal Finance. Shit's about to get real. Cashflow King with you today. And today in episode 12, Time Horizon Revisited, I'm going to hit you with a quick hit that I was not planning on recording. And a lot of times, at least it's happened a couple times now, and my apologies for my voice, by the way, I've had this fucking scratching going on and some drainage going on for like two weeks, and I can't seem to get rid of it. I also got back from Vegas not too long ago, so that may have something to do with it screaming at the craps table, but that's another uh, topic for another day. But a couple times now, there have been certain client interactions that I've had that kind of motivated me to go ahead and create an episode either before I'm ready to create it or one that I really wasn't even thinking thinking about creating, hence today's episode on Time Horizon Revisited. And I've asked you guys and still would welcome any feedback or suggestions to realtalkpersonalfinance at gmail.com. Again, that's realtalkpersonalfinance at gmail.com for any upcoming show ideas that you might like to hear about. But in the meantime, if something comes across my desk as it did today and prompts me to record a quick episode, I'm going to go ahead and do that. So today's episode um, was spurred by an email I got this morning from a client who's 53 years old, and she works in the healthcare space. She is planning on retiring mid to late 60s, doesn't have all the money in the world, is invested in a moderate type of portfolio, and she sent an email that pretty much said something to the effect of, hey, I'd like to schedule a time to talk with you. I know that there's a lot going on in the markets right now, and I just want to talk about ways to protect what I've already saved for retirement, something like that. And volatility, the ups and downs of the market, can be a scary thing for a lot of different people. And if you listen to the media out there, a lot of media outlets will likely tell you things like, well, if you have more than 10 years to go until retirement, you're in it for the long haul, don't worry about it. Or if you're within five years of retirement, then you should dot, 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 fill in the blank. And they mean well, and I think a lot of those things are well-intentioned, but what they're talking about in those situations is what's called time horizon, which for most people in general, they would define as time zero, which is now today versus when I'm planning on retiring, say that's five years, 10 years, 15 years. And they would call that your time horizon. And while technically you could make an argument that that is correct, I've been saying for the longest time now, and I've had conversations with a lot of clients, apparently not with this one, or she just doesn't remember it, that there's two different time frames or two different time horizons, hence the name of today's podcast, Time Horizon Revisited. And what I really think we need to look at is, yes, that's important, that initial time frame, that initial time horizon between now and retirement. But I also think that we need to look at the second time horizon layered on top of that, which is quote unquote, retirement through life expectancy, whatever that might be for a particular individual, right? So let's say in this person's case, she's 53, all right? I'm gonna go ahead and say, just for ease of numbers, let's say she wants to retire at 65. So that's 12 years from now. So that would be quote unquote, time horizon number one, which most people would go by. And that's still plenty of time under most circumstances. But chances are, and what I try to explain to people is, You are not going to retire at a particular time, in this example, 65, and fucking cash out your account, and depending on the type of account that you have, pay a shit ton of taxes, and go out and buy something. I mean, some people might do that, but most people are not going to do that. 
What you want to do, and maybe we'll do a show in the future about this, is develop a solid retirement income plan, and that can be made up of multiple different components. For the purposes of today's show, we are going to assume, and looking at this particular client situation, that they are essentially entirely invested in stock market-based types of investments. So your stocks, bonds, mutual funds, those types of investment, just general vanilla investment vehicles. And they're not doing anything fancy. They don't own businesses. They don't have cash flowing type of investments. And we might do a show on that someday. But we're just talking about, hey, I got a retirement plan. And that's pretty much where all my money goes for retirement. And the fucking market's not doing what I want it to do because I'm spoiled. Because it's been going up and up and up for over the past decade now for the most part. And oh shit, I lost a couple bucks, quote unquote. And now I want to freak out about it. All right? Like what the fuck? I can't say that at work. So hence I'm doing this podcast. Right? So but anyway, so let's say, all right, she wants to retire at 65. So she's 53. She has 12 years to go. At 65, she's not going to cash it out and buy a bunch of bullshit, hopefully. So if she's going to live for another 20 or 30 years, let's just say she lives until we'll call it 90. Okay. So she retires at 65. She lives another 25 years to age 90. So you take the 25 years of the quote unquote through retirement and you tack on the 12 years of to retirement between now and the time you retire and you have 37 years. That in my opinion is the time horizon that we should generally be looking at with a couple of maybe minor tweaks to that. But I think that most of us and most of the financial services industry and the retirement planning community for the most part, always going to be exceptions, we think about this the wrong way. And we have far too many clients that become way too conservative with their investments way too soon and they end up shooting themselves in the foot. And unless we as advisors talk them off the ledge and try to educate them a little bit, a lot of times people can become way too conservative way too quickly. And in some cases, that could be one of the causes of them potentially running out of money in retirement or at least running out of money from the standpoint of their marketable securities, their investment or retirement type of accounts. If they have other income streams or pensions or social security retirement benefits and things like that, well, of course, those generally are not going to go to zero. Of course, you, <laughs> the crazier shit has happened. Who knows what the future holds? But they're not supposed to go to zero, right? But if you have an IRA, for example, or a 401k plan, for example, it is possible due to what we call sequence of return risk and a whole bunch of other factors that that account could eventually go to zero. What most people don't like to see is they don't like to see fluctuations in value, especially as they approach retirement. And that's understandable. But if they wait until they see the downward fluctuation to have a knee jerk reaction and then move a substantial amount, if not all of their money, to cash or something extremely conservative, that's generally going to do way more harm than good. Most people are going to stay there or they're going to time it wrong. And even if they time it quote unquote right, they're going to have to quote unquote time it again to try to get back in. And most people can't be right twice. And that's a huge gamble especially as you get closer to retirement. When the stakes are higher than ever, you generally have larger balances than ever in most cases at least for traditional retirement. And it just, it's really not a road that you want to go down. And so we actually set something up. I haven't spoken with her yet. We got something set up coming up here, but I just wanted to go ahead and record this because this is a conversation that we're going to have. Now I can't drop the F-bombs and cut up and be a jackass. I have to actually be reasonable with her, but the gist of it's going to be, listen, lady, you're 53. 
You're doing fine. You're already in a moderate portfolio, which a lot of people would argue is a little bit, quote unquote, too conservative. And there's no right or wrong answer for anybody. I mean, technically, there is a right answer. If you go off of the RICP, the Retirement Income Certified Professional, which is another designation that I have, and you look at the curriculum on that program and you listen to people like Dr. Wade Fow and I think he's fantastic from an academic standpoint, but in practice, there's some things to be desired there. But in any case, if you look at the research and essentially what the math says in one of their modules as part of that curriculum, the gist of it was pretty much everybody should have a combination of SPIAs, single premium immediate annuities, and we might do a show someday on annuities. We haven't done one yet. SPIAs and a 100% stock allocation. That is what the math says. Now, how many people actually do that? Virtually none. Why? Why don't people do that? Well, because they can't stomach the volatility on the stock side of the equation. And most people can't stomach the idea of making a one-time permanent irrevocable decision to exchange a lump sum of money for a stream of income payments in the form of a SPIA, a single premium immediate annuity. Most people value liquidity far too much and cube crusher and i might actually do an episode on different types of investments and we'll talk about liquidity and liquidity premiums and things like that but most people just that's not what they're set up for even though the math says otherwise and so what's the right answer well the right answer is to be invested in a portfolio that you can stay invested in the best allocation for you is the one that you can stick to that you're not going to change when times get tough when volatility rears its head when markets are not cooperating and they're going to the downside that is what you want to do you want to be able to stay the course in tough times and for those of you that are listening to the podcast as you think about this in the context of your own situation if you've thought about making changes or worse, if you've made significant changes strictly due to volatility, not due to a change in financial circumstance or lifestyle change or retirement plan change or anything like that, but it's strictly a function of, oh shit, markets are moving. I need to go to something safer. If that's what you're thinking or worse, that's what you've done. I really think that you need to reconsider and keep in mind this whole idea of time horizon revisited. So in this example, again, if she has 12 years until retirement and she's going to be retired for 20 to 30 more, there's no reason in my personal and professional opinion that unless there's some other circumstance I'm not yet aware of because we haven't had a chance to talk yet, unless that's the case, she really probably doesn't need to make any changes at all. And quite honestly, if anything, she might consider going to something, I know this sounds crazy, even more aggressive. And I'm not certainly going to recommend that at this particular stage, but if you just look at you look at the situation as a whole, that's what most of us should be doing. I mean, personally, when it comes to my stock market-based investments and portfolio, I am 100% equities, 100% stocks. Now, I do that in a variety of ways. I have some ETFs or exchange-traded funds. I have some mutual funds. I think I have one individual position right now. We don't talk a lot about investment specifics on the show, but if we just look at stock market type or stock market-based investments and you look at the general breakdown of equities or stocks versus fixed income or bonds and where do I fall, I am 100% equities. And you might not give a shit, and that's great. Maybe you shouldn't. It's not, it's not your money. Good for you. But when I get to be 53, 63, 73, quite frankly, I'll probably still be 100% equities. Now, in my 
situation, that is not my only, those are not my only investments. I have investments outside of the stock market and maybe we'll do a show on different investments one day and we'll talk a little bit about it. But even if all I had were stock market-based investments, I still, and before I had other investments, was still 100% equities. I don't think, if I had to just forecast the future decades into the future, I would say that I will probably never have more than 25% in fixed income at any point in time, at any point in my life, regardless of how much money I have. And I even think that that would be on the high side. But I would say your quote-unquote textbook, moderate aggressive type of portfolio of about a 75-25 split, 75% stocks or equity type investments, 25% fixed income or bond type of investments, that's probably as conservative as I would get. And I honestly think I would I would remain, like I said, 100% stocks or 100% equities because I have other investments to do other things and we'll save all that shit for another day. The point of today's episode, short and sweet, quick hit to your face, is this. If you're approaching retirement, should you reevaluate your situation? Sure. Should you reevaluate your situation periodically anyway? Of course. Should you make any drastic changes simply because in isolation you're close to retirement or closer than you were, and the market is moving because of the volatility? The answer is no. In my opinion, the answer is fucking no. All right? So you want to look at your time horizon to retirement as like a phase number one or component number one of the time horizon. And then you want to look at your time that you retire through the rest of your lifetime as time horizon number two. And then we want to take those two things and blend them together to pretty much get one large time horizon. That's not to say that your allocation won't change throughout that time, but towards the beginning part. So in this example, she's 53, 12 years till retirement at 65. So that's time horizon number one. Time horizon number two, retirement at 65 through life expectancy. We said 90. Who the fuck knows? All right. That's another 25 years. So 12 plus 25 equals 37. If you want to become more conservative with your investments over that time frame at some point, fine. Should you do it in the initial 12 years of that 37-year time horizon? In my opinion, absolutely not. And that is the point of today's show because so many people do that. It drives me crazy. We've all been spoiled with markets that have generally gone higher over the past decade plus now. We're starting to see a little bit of volatility. we got some shit going on in the world. And there's a whole host of other things. The Fed just announced that they're going to hike interest rates and all this shit. Okay, fine. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. But just because markets are moving, you should not have a knee-jerk reaction. And just because you're a little bit closer to retirement doesn't mean to sell all your investments and move to cash at the first sign of a potential downturn. It's not the way you do it. All right? That's pretty much all I have on today's episode. Again, quick hit, episode 12, Time Horizon Revisited. Just something for you to chew on, something for you to think about. Maybe you're taking a shit and you need 15 minutes of filler. There you go. Boom. Episode 12 dropped. Hope you like it. Again, sorry about the raspy voice. Hopefully I come back at you guys next time and I don't sound like I just fucking smoked three packs of cigs, uh, which I don't smoke, but it probably sounds that way on the podcast. Anyway, uh, emails, if you want, Q&A, awesome, realtalkpersonalfinance at gmail.com. If you have show ideas, awesome. Real talk personal finance at gmail.com. If you haven't, please share the show with a friend, family member, coworker. As I said in the last episode, anybody that you think would get some humor and enjoyment out of this that isn't offended by a little bit of vulgarity from time to time, really appreciate it. And if you haven't done so already, please consider if you feel like we've earned it 
given us a five-star review. Very much appreciate it. Thanks again. We will see you in the next episode. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.